This is Clutch Crew Sports. Hello and welcome to all. This is Zach here, back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast, we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and more. For updates about the show, visit our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Clutch Crew Sports. Hey guys, it's Zach back here. Another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Today I'm joined by Nathan and Eric, and we're going to be talking all about NFC West in this episode. We've got a current events section uh, in Connor's honor. <laughs> it's usually the section that that he likes to to host, but you know there there has been some some pretty big news out in the sports world, so we've got some stories to cover for that. Eric's got a DraftKings lineup he had for NASCAR at the past race, um, didn't do so well, <laughs> but we'll get to that when we shut up, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- uh, this was actually my first NASCAR loss in quite some time. I think I had placed on the money like five or six times in a row but sadly the streak came to an end as Zach mentioned so we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that later yeah and and I've got Twitter pulled up on if you're looking on YouTube right now you can follow me at Guacfo Life that's G-U-A-C-F-O-L-I-F-E I know it's kind of a weird thing I, I came up with it like maybe five years ago or something. I don't remember. It's been a long time. I, I had a Twitter account that I never really used. And when we started the podcast back up, I, you, I, you know, re regained control of this account. And, uh, but it's, it's unique. I, you just, you just like guacamole, man. You I, can't help I, it. I, I do love guacamole. <laughs> I, mean, I was like obsessed with it at the time when I made the, this account. Like you could, I've got 727 tweets. If you scroll down to like the original, you know, couple hundred, like you'll see a lot of goat tweets and you'll see a lot of guacamole treat, that tweets. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Go, go <laughs> not Amazing not goat, content. Uh, not goats like the goat you know, of the, you know, Michael Jordan or anything, like the actual animal. Goes. A literal I, I goat. Spe- yeah, I want to specify, you know, clarify to people because goat so often is referred to as, uh, you know, the greatest of all time. But, you know, I, I don't want to get too sidetracked on my early Twitter history here. <laughs> so, uh, but no, Eric's account is Clutch Crew Sport. That's our main podcast account. I would suggest definitely following that. Every uh, video we upload goes up through there. Uh, so follow it. Stay informed with news and updates from the channel. Interact. You know, Eric will reply to you. Uh, oh, yeah. I get on it several times a day checking for notifications and stuff. So yeah. I'm always on there. So if you like have a question you want to ask or if you have a topic you feel like we should talk about, you know, leave a comment on a post or send me a message or whatever, and we'll be sure to mention it. Yep. <clears throat> and I'll, since Eric, since you've, you know, created this new Twitch thing, I'll let you kind of tell the, 
audience what that is going to entail for the future? Yeah, so if you have a Twitch account, Twitch account, definitely give us a follow. You can see, if you're on YouTube, you can see it in the URL there. But if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, it's twitch.tv slash clutch crew sports. So twitch.tv slash our name. Uh, I only have two followers right now. I mean, I just made this like two days ago. So haven't really done anything with it just other than messing around and doing a couple test videos to make sure I know what I'm doing. Shout out to Mr. G2K Gaming and our friend Alan Meister 29 for being our two followers so far. But yeah. basically our plan with this is Zach and I both have a PS4 and Connor who's in several of the podcasts with us is planning to get a PS4 pretty soon. So once Connor gets a PS4, we're going to play some NBA 2K together. So we'll probably do a live stream where we say do like a fantasy draft and then you guys can rate who you think got the best team or we might do like all-star team up where we all play together to try to, you know, beat some other people online or something or, and we'll play like Madden against each other and stuff like that. Just, just different, like, fun games either against each other or working together. It's definitely a very casual thing. Like if you watch this, you know, don't be expecting to see like Uber pro players or something like it's more, it's going to be more of just a, you know, fun hangout. And, you know, as we're playing, like, you know, we'll be, maybe unless we have like a competitive series against each other in the NBA finals or something like, you know, we'll be down to like answer questions live on the air or, again like I said with the Twitter you can give us some topic ideas and we'll talk about it while we're streaming or something or just you know whatever it uh, I just thought it might be a cool another way for people to be able to interact with us so that's why I made it it'll hopefully be up in the works soon awesome so yeah that's that's the first news um, about Twitch you know this is pretty pretty new thing that that we're going on but you know this podcast has been going on for like a month or so so hopefully uh hopefully you know that we we're gonna add stuff all the time like you know we started out this and you know i had no idea what i was doing like after we had recorded our episode with eric it was just eric and i in the first one and it took me like several hours to figure out what to do (laughs) but like event like now like we've got a system down and we're always open to new ideas open to adding things you know expanding our brand going going bigger i I, i'm gonna say going international now yeah we (laughs) we 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 got our first international viewer yes you check it out here (laughs) on on anchor we can you know we see the geography of our listeners and we had a listener from the united kingdom I assume that they listen to the latest episodes since that's what's been getting most of our views as of late. But shout out to whoever that was. I mean, you're the first uh, international listener to the show. Hopefully, first of many more. But that was really cool to to find that out last night that that we've gone global. <laughs> Going over to the overseas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so we'll get into the episode here now, guys. NFC West talk, like I said at the beginning, and 
<clears throat> this is a this is a division like it's going to be different than the last two that we had, which were pretty debatable, especially the NFC North. There was a lot of differentiation between the four of us standings. The NFC East, we all kind of agreed on like the top two and the bottom two, but the orders were kind of flipped around. But as far as this one goes, it's really between second and third place is the only difference between our four predictions. So my prediction and Nathan's prediction is that the Los Angeles Rams will get first place. San Francisco 49ers will get second place. Seattle Seahawks will get third. Arizona Cardinals will get fourth. And then Eric and Connor's predictions. Connor sent his predictions in. He's not in the video, but he, you know, at the end of the season, we want to, you know, look at everybody's predictions and see who did the best. So he's got, uh, and then Eric as well, they both have the Rams as first place, but now they've got the Seahawks finishing second place, 49ers third, and Cardinals fourth. So same standings as how they went down last year. And so, like I said, we all have the Rams first. We all have the Cardinals fourth. It's just the 49ers and Seahawks that really the debate is between, but We'll start alphabetically here with the Cardinal. Oh, God. I double-clicked <laughs> the shit out of that. <laughs> we are sorry, YouTube, if we just violated your language <laughs> conduct policy. <laughs> That's like our joke every time w. one of us curses. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, if you listen to the last episode, we kind of like all went in like a structured format with you know, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, you know. But for this one, there's three of us here, so there's less people. And we want to kind of have more of an interactive thing between each other. So, you know, if any of us think of any questions on the fly, we're just going to ask them. Unfortunately, we didn't get any Twitter questions for this one. Yeah, um, we posted it kind of late notice, yeah, so that's probably why. But yeah, I should so, have been more prepared on that one. <laughs> So NFC South, you know, early heads up, get your questions in. You know, if if you tweet us NFC South questions, we will answer them in this one because that is our next video. But looking here at the Cardinals depth chart, they had the worst record in the league last year. Um, obviously getting the number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. Their team is just not that good when you look at it. You see a lot of these guys – names and they're kind of older injured you know injury history type of players and then there's a lot of young players that are unproven there's not many like you know prime of their career veterans on this team when you look at it it's it's a lot of really young people a lot of kind of old people and not so many of those in between guys but it's just so hard to predict. Kyler Murray is probably the biggest question mark out of all the rookie quarterbacks in this year's draft because, you know, people were saying pick him at number one, which they ended up doing. And some people were saying, oh, he's not even worth a first round pick because of his height mainly. You know, he, he won the Heisman Trophy, but it's very, you know, it's, I'm not even going to say rare. It's it's a one-of-a-kind. He's like a one-of-a-kind quarterback with his height and skill set. And he's going to be 
I assume the starter on week one. <laughs> I'm looking at these other. Well, guys yeah, I mean, here. I don't think Holly's <laughs> gonna push him for that. <laughs> Chad Chad you guys might get in there, but <laughs> I know Chad. <laughs> um, so it looks, you know, they got rid of Josh Rosen. So there's gonna be no question that Kyler. If Rosen was there, that'd be a really weird dynamic. But, um, but Murray is gonna be starting week one. You look at their offense, you know, David Johnson. I want to ask you guys this. Is David Johnson going to be the David Johnson from before his injury? Or is he going to be the David Johnson we saw last year? What do you guys think for him? I'm going to say that we're still going to see the David Johnson of last year. And I don't think it's necessarily because he's like not a good player anymore or anything like that. I, I still believe in him talent wise, but this situation is going to, it's, it's reminding me of a very similar situation, like with uh, the way our Jaguars were last year, where it was like outside of Leonard Fournette, nobody scared you on the offense. So course teams are going to, you know, stack eight and nine in the box all the time. And that's what happened to David Johnson a lot last year was he ran against a lot of loaded boxes and couldn't get anything going. And the Cardinals just don't have any weapons that scare you. The only thing they might have that's like slightly better than last year's situation is that Kyler Murray's a mobile quarterback. So you, you have that as more of a threat. But other than that, I just don't, I don't see how David Johnson's going to be able to get free. Their offensive line really isn't that good. Like J.R. Sweezy, I'm shocked they brought him in. <laughs> like he's bounced around all mm-hmm. over the league and never, other than occasionally in Seattle, never really had any success. Like I don't know this 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 offense is just bad. <laughs> yeah, and I I think of David Johnson. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is Larry Fitzgerald, but of course he is just. You know, he's past his prime, obviously. I mean, he's one of my favorite players that I've ever watched play, but, you know, he's not the same guy that he once was. And then, I mean, is Chad Williams scaring anybody? Kevin White, is he scaring I've never anybody? I've like, heard of Chad Williams. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to, like, you know, I know a lot of these players. I know Christian Kirk, and I know the two rookies that they got, Isabella and Butler. But Chad Williams, I never even. I, I'm, I'm honest here. I, I do not know who that guy is, and he is their right. He's listed wide as their number two. He's listed yeah. as their number two yeah. receiver. So, I don't know. And then it, like yeah. Charles Clay, it says he's. I mean, I'm assuming, yeah, he's on the yeah. the pup list. So that's not a good sign. Ricky Seals Jones is okay at tight end, but there's just nothing on this team that makes me think David Johnson is going to be able to have a breakout season. Although I probably, maybe I shouldn't have answered this because now Zach might know who I'm not going to draft in fantasy football. <laughs> Dang it. I'm you set me up, up Zach. I'm you set up. me up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should have let Nathan answer. <laughs> just real quick before I, before I let Nathan answer, just a little inside you know joke thing that I have with Eric is oh, I, I, I will like, you know, I, I used to come up with like these notes of like, Eric really high on this guy or Eric, you know, not doesn't like this guy. And I would like, I would totally just like ask him so many questions and try and like 
read his mind on who he's going to draft. I would look at like the last year's draft and be like, Eric's taking Jamal Charles number one overall the past two years. Like, get him at this game. It's crazy because we, yeah, because we used to, back when Zach and I still lived in Jacksonville, like we would always get together. So it would be Zach and his dad, and then me and my parents that would be playing. So, and then Zach's mom and sister would all come over. We'd all hang out. And one year, like Zach brought over this paper with like 10 different notes on it of like what Eric is going to do or not going to do. And the crazy (laughs) thing was it's like nine out of the 10 of them were right. And I was like, I don't even remember saying any of this stuff. Like how did, how did he figure this out? I don't know, man. You're like a mind reader, bro. Yeah. um, Yeah, What do you think? Yeah, I I agree um, about David Johnson. I think we're gonna get last year's version mainly just because I don't think it's necessarily on him. I think he's still a really talented, versatile running back. It's just like what you're saying about this O line. I think that's really what's pulling their offense back. Um, he's not getting the blocks to get downfield and get separation. And especially what hurt them last year is they didn't run enough plays. Like they would go three and out almost every series and he just can't get the touches to be effective stat wise or like even fantasy wise. That's another guy I think is going to be overdrafted. I just think like. Nate, you there? Nathan, you there? Uh-oh. Dang, he said his internet was doing really good until uh, his first big moment was he says he's still in the call. Yeah. Okay. So that's well. I guess we'll. I I'll, guess we'll move on for right now and yeah, see if we I'll, can get him back. Yeah. So I mean, we went over this before the show, but he he'll text me what's going on. So I'll I'll keep my eye on my phone. But Mo- just... most likely, most likely, right now he's probably still talking, not even aware that his internet went out. Oh, that's <laughs> or, or, true. Or, or whatever he, happened. He wasn't that far into it. Yeah. No, he had, poor, yeah. poor guy, man. He had just started. So. <laughs> Dang. Well, I'll let him talk when he comes back because we'll be talking now. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I'm not sure this Our Lads website, I'm not sure like who runs this, but it was updated yesterday, and there's nobody listed as the offensive coordinator for the Cardinals. <laughs> That's I know that interesting. They, you know, the creative, you know, next-gen Byron Leftwich, he's, he's with Tampa now, so... <laughs> it's crazy actually. Well, uh, unless unless Cliff Kingsbury is also going to be the oh, offensive coordinator, that could that would, be that wouldn't surprise me. Because he is an offensive minded coach, so and he likes Kyler I mean he knows Kyler Murray, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if he's gonna be the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So they I th- one thing that I will say too, like about Arizona that I think hurts them is that they spent a really high draft pick last year on Josh Rosen I think they had like the 10th overall pick last year when and they picked him and then then a year later they trade him you know they get a second round pick for him but but then the next year they use their first round pick again on another quarterback and so they weren't able to use the first round pick since they didn't like their quarterback from last year, the way he worked out, then they had to use mm-hmm. another first round pick on a quarterback. And that hurts you when you have to keep oh, using yeah. high draft capital on the same position, even if it's quarterback, like 
you know, that hurts. Like instead of them, you know, having the number one overall pick this year and being able to get like, you know, a Nick Boza or, you know, some other player that could fill a big need on the team, like you got to draft a quarterback again. And so that, that type of thing hurts a team. And obviously as a Jaguar fan, I'm familiar with us doing that <laughs> type of yeah. stuff too. Like I really feel for the Cardinals franchise because the, this is like reminding me of like, 2012 2013 jaguars when we're constantly drafting players that don't work out and then having to redraft the next time like i, I could rant about gene smith the former jaguar general <laughs> oh, manager God. i could i could rant about him for an old episode a whole episode <laughs> but i'm not going to but but that's another thing i think though that just hurts arizona because they have so many needs on this team and they weren't even able to you know address a different need because they had to draft a quarterback again yeah uh, real quick, a uh, Nathan update. He told me that he's restarting now. He should be back in a minute. So okay. I, I don't think it's going to be a serious thing. But okay. yeah, so That's we've good. talked a lot. Yeah, we talked a lot about their offense here. I I'm briefly want to talk about their defense, which I think is a lot better than their offense. They actually have some solid pieces on here. They have Chandler Jones, who is a top defensive end, even in a three four system. Uh, he's, you know, he's probably their best. You know, I was thinking earlier Patrick Peterson was, but he's a little bit younger. I think Chandler Jones is probably their best player on their team. And then speaking of Patrick Peterson, though, you know, he's going to be missing. This is another thing that hurts. Uh, that's going to be hurting Arizona is they're not going to have him for the first four weeks. I'm not sure. I'm sure they're playing at least one divisional team in those four weeks, maybe two. So they're not going to have their best corner. And then other than him, you know, I guess they're going to be starting who this Byron, Byron Murphy guy, second round pick from this year's draft, a rookie. Then it looks like their other corners physically unable to perform. Then they got to go down to Chris Jones and Dietrich Nicholas and Tyler Sigler. Uh, not really sure who any of those guys were <laughs> at all, <laughs> but well, there's a reason why they're like fourth on the yeah. depth chart. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but safety Buddha Baker, he's like a box safety. He's interesting. I'm, I wouldn't say he's great, but he's not, you know, they have bigger holes for sure than upgrading that. And uh, DJ Swearinger as well. But, Oh shoot. I didn't even see the right corner, but Robert Alford. Okay. I was like, why is, they're no right. Okay, so they, the, I'm not sure why they didn't just put them next to each other, but okay, they've yeah, got some corners, guys. They, they've, those but, aren't the only guys. <laughs> uh, Robert Alford, you know, he's all caps here. So, but um, yeah, I'm just not sold at all on this team. I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kyler Murray does not win Rookie of the Year just because I think of how bad his team around him is. It's not like Oklahoma where he had like, you know, Hollywood Brown and those running yeah. backs. That offensive line, that offensive line was great at Oklahoma. They had a lot of guys get drafted, big tall. You know, you could argue his O line at um, at Oklahoma was gonna be better than this O line. You know, but. Yeah, the, I I think the Cardinals are in trouble, and I don't even know if I'd give them a ceiling of getting third place in the division. Like, I feel like 
their ceiling and floor is going to be last in the division. Just maybe the floor might be like two or three wins and the ceiling might be like five or six wins. I mean, I, I just, I can't, I, I'm going to agree. I, I can't, I don't have the confidence to move them up any, to give them a ceiling, even a third place. So I'm, I'm sticking them there. So, so now, you know, we move on from the worst team that we believe will be in we're going to talk about the Rams, who we all have winning the division. And I've got the Rams winning the division. But when you look at the bigger scope of the NFC, it's been so long since the NFC has had a back-to-back NFC champion. I mean, it seems like every year there's like a team that you never even think of that's in the, you know, in the conference championship. And then every now and then you get some teams that go to the Super Bowl that you didn't expect to, like that Panthers team that Cam Newton took to the Super Bowl. I think they went, what, 14-2 and two in the regular season or something? Yeah, they were insanely good that year. <laughs> nobody, nobody predicted that. You know, uh, the Falcons, the year they went to the Super Bowl, people, you know, I think, I want to say people are even uh, calling for their head coach to be fired before the season started there. Like, they were mad at the head coach. There was people saying that Ryan wasn't elite and everything. And then he had his MVP year then, but it seems like every year the NFC is like a revolving door. And so I, I don't think the Rams can make it back to the Super Bowl. And a part of that I feel like is that teams are going to figure out Sean McVay's offense. And he saw it in the Super Bowl. Nate, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Got my computer oh, to work. Okay. All right, Sorry about cool. that. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Oh, you're good. Just, um, I'll let you. I'm just gonna actually. You kind of, you, you're. I'll give you credit for this question because you told me about it yesterday. We finished talking about the Cardinals, by the way. How much they suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm just straight up saying it. <laughs> um, but the Rams, you, you were saying like, do you think teams are gonna figure out Sean McVay's offense and? You look yeah. at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl. That's like a prime example of like their offense just getting completely shut down. And while I feel like their team is still so much more talented than all these other teams that they should be able to win their division, I don't think they can advance far in the playoffs. You know, Uncle Mike's not going to like this, Eric, but <laughs> but I don't think yeah. I don't think they're going to be back in the Super Bowl. But just on a pure talent basis, they should be able to win their division. But so Nate, what do you? My think? biggest question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think definitely the talent on paper is one of the most talented teams in the NFL still. But I think my biggest question is got to be Todd Gurley's knee. They've been talking about that. Apparently, he's got that arthritic condition in his um one knee that they haven't really um opened up about too much. It's kind of the public's still kind of in the dark about it. But I think the biggest question for the Rams would be, um, this is kind of throwing this out there as a question for you guys too, if uh, if Gurley does miss a significant amount of time out of the season with his knee, do you guys think that the Rams are still contenders for the NFC West and beyond? That's... Yeah, th- this is a that's a tough question, man, because like part of me wants to say that they wouldn't but then part of me wants to say they could just because when he was having those problems last year, 
CJ Anderson, who had not really done anything for quite a while, filled in and was fairly successful. But it does concern me because if Todd Gurley goes down this time, it looks like Malcolm Brown is their number two running back, and I'm not really familiar with him. So I don't know. It, I'm surprised with him having these knee problems that they didn't try to get some like better insurance as a backup in case if he does have problems. But yeah, that definitely leaves a lot of uncertainty for sure. But they still have a lot of great weapons on offense. But you know, if you don't have a great right. running game and you're one dimensional, like that can be a problem. But what do you, what do you think about this, Zach? Yeah, I'm not going to comment for security reasons um, for fantasy football. What I think of Todd Gurley? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I will say is, I think that their defense is going to be better than they were last year. Uh, if you look at their defense, it's actually pretty stout. And I know that they might not have been statistically very well, but now, I mean, Dante Fowler is going to be there for an off season. So he's going to be their primary pass rushing defensive end. And then they have Aaron Donald who can pretty much do anything, you know, up the middle of that defense. Um, Bringing Clay Matthews, I think, is a nice signing for them. And then their corners, Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, you know, that's a top three duo for corners. And they brought in Eric Weddle, who I think is a really good safety from Baltimore. So they definitely did a lot of work on their defense. Um, so I think defensively they got better. Offensively, though, yeah, it's just, I feel like they're not going to be able to have as good of a, this is kind of like the Bears defense that I talked about in the NFC North episode, how I was, you know, still, you know, I'm I'm still going to give the Bears credit that their defense isn't going to like, you know, collapse and give up like 50 points a game or anything like that. And I don't think this Rams offense is going to collapse and, only give you 10 points a game like they did in the Super Bowl. But, but yeah, I I do think that this Rams offense is going to, you know, take a step down. You know, I don't think they're going to have the success that they they have had really the past two years because even, even the year that they got bounced uh, in the first round of the playoffs against the Falcons – that year they were still a good team and but they're going to benefit i think in playing in this weak division that's you know i'm not i'm not a big fan of the NFC West i a couple of years ago you know you could argue that they were one of the best divisions but the cool thing about the NFL is you know the the standings for the, the power rankings for the divisions fluctuate year to year so this is one of those divisions i think right now is not at its peak and i think that they're really going to benefit by playing the cardinals 49ers and seahawks twice a year i think they can win at least five of those games and then so that's five yeah i think that going five and one there 
should set them up to win the division, but like I don't want to talk about Gurley. <laughs> <laughs> but quality, man. Come on, where's the quality content? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, is a question mark. You know, you gotta give him that. But uh it is nice to see that if Jared Goff happens to get hurt, they're gonna have Blake Bortles in <laughs> the boat. It's crazy. They still have the Brandon Allen is... too. So they have their both their backup quarterbacks are former Jaguars backups. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. The, the odds of that are pretty slim, but yeah. Uh, any any fourth string quarterback is from Jacksonville. Oh yeah, nice at uh, Bishop Kenny. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Kind of funny. Wow. <laughs> That's even crazier. <laughs> what? <laughs> but if you guys have you guys have any last thoughts on the Rams here? I mean, do any of you guys disagree with me on their like how well they're gonna do? Or? Well, the the only thing that concerns me about the defense is they, well, they did bring in some great talent, and I I mean I definitely agree. I mean I definitely agree in the fact that I I'm sure this defense is probably going to be good, but the one thing that concerns me that could potentially hold them back is that this defense is kind of old. Like, Clay Matthews was really regressing in Green Bay. I mean, he was like a legend there. So <laughs> if, if they felt like he was still performing at a high, even remotely high level, they wouldn't have let him go. And Eric Weddle has, I mean, he's proven me wrong because I thought when he went yeah. to Baltimore from San Diego that I thought he was probably starting to get washed up then. But he had some success there. But, you know, obviously – father time is undefeated and you know i don't i don't know how well he's going to do but i mean i do like i think he's a he's had a great career so i would be fine if he has a good year and you know Tlaib's another year older and then while marcus peters is not old i do feel like he is very overrated as a corner yeah. I think it's another – he's he's another instance where people look at stats more than actually watching the games because people see like, oh, he had so many interceptions and pass breakups, but he also has several times where he gets burned. He He's a high-risk mm-hmm. corner. He's either going to go for the interception or the other team is going to get a touchdown type of player. I mean, and that, right. that concerns me for the Rams because he got burned a lot, and I know on um, – like pro football focus, I think he was one of the worst rated starting cornerbacks last year. So he's going to need to improve his game for sure. But, and then, I mean, I guess most of their other players aren't too old, but you know, they've got, they've got a few players though that are aging and that concerns me and Marcus Peters concerns me, but, but on paper, this is still a pretty good defense. So I'm sure they're going to have success, but I do have those concerns, but I don't think it's, I don't think I'm not my I'm not warranted or my concerns I don't think are warranted enough though to feel like that they wouldn't win the division. Mm-hmm. I think like hat like Aaron Donald and uh, like Akib Talib and Michael Brockers would all have to have like season-ending injuries week one for this team to like not win the division. <laughs> I don't think because I agree with Zach too that this division to me is pretty weak. Uh, any, I'll, I'll ask this question real quick. Um, do you think that character issues are going to end up hurting this team in the playoffs? I'm looking at you, Dante Fowler. 
Yeah, so as soon as you said character <laughs> concerns, that was right where my mind went too. Oh, and I'm not necessarily talking about like off the field stuff. I'm like, it's like the personal foul penalty, you know, like the 15, the stuff that actually impacts the game. Do you think that yeah. might end up costing them in the playoffs, guys? Uh, I mean, with Dante Fowler, it's obviously a possibility. I mean, <laughs> there were so many times when I would watch Jaguars games when he was still on the team. I mean, I, and I wanted him to be successful because another just like little quick story, like Zach and I got to meet him at a Jaguars draft party yep. and, you know, take pictures and get autographs with him. And so, and even though he's a was a Florida Gator in college and he's not on the Jaguars anymore, like. I would still be really happy, like if he were, you know, to have success. But there would be so many times in Jacksonville where it would be like third and ten, and the opposing quarterback would dump the ball in the flat, and it would be like a three-yard pass, and then the guy would step out of bounds, and then Dante Fowler would shove him over, <laughs> and like, oh, fifteen-yard penalty, automatic first. Yeah. Like they were about to have to punt. And then you oh, just put okay. him in field goal range. And, like, another time he, like, he, uh, like, roughed the kicker on a missed field goal. And then it gave him a – I think I think they might have made the field goal. But then, like, it gave him a first down. And so then they were able to go down and get seven instead of three. Like, just, just stupid stuff like that. And I'm just like, dude, it – like, they're going to have to really – get into his head over there in Los Angeles with his off season here and, you know, be like, you know, Dante, you got to, you know, you got to get it together, man. Like Aaron Donald needs to help <laughs> yeah. him out, you know, like, but, and then some of the other players have had there, I mean, a key to leave, like if, hopefully he doesn't get matched up against <laughs> Michael Crabtree in the playoffs. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, you know, yeah, I was, you know, yeah. he, you know he's Crabtree getting ejected from the game, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Peters too. Yeah, Marcus Peters fight. has had some concerns, and Clay Matthews, he's been known to get, like, roughing the passer penalties. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I mean, so I will say some of those, the ones that he had last year were, like, BS. Those were, yeah. it was a terrible rule, but he's been known to have that, you know, too. It's like, so, I mean, I agree. There could definitely, you know, that could definitely cost them, and if they were to lose a playoff game because of something like that, as a, if I was a Rams fan, like, I would be livid, man. <laughs> All right, Nate, you you want to say anything? Any last words on the Rams? Um, I think just getting back to the question you asked a while ago, I kind of answered you with a, another question about Todd Gurley. But I think I think the answer to that question kind of is about if Gurley does play. I think that gives him a lot of. That gives Sean McVay a lot of versatility to run his scheme the same way that's kind of been yeah, a couple years. Just because he's such a dynamic player. But with him out, like he, you know, he barely played in the Super Bowl last year. And that kind of gives you an idea of what the floor for this offense could be. Um, I know they, I know, um, they drafted Daryl Henderson, who I'm excited to see. I know you're familiar with him, Zach, from... Him terrorizing our two colleges, yeah. Uh, the past couple years at Memphis, I think he's legit actually, and he's underrated. But yeah, I was gonna say actually, yeah, we actually we're playing Memphis this year, so yeah, USF the past two years hasn't had to go up against Memphis, but I like, I know you guys have, have oh, had really? to with like championships. Oh, he's, and stuff. he's given, yeah. 
Oh, he's <laughs> shredded us yeah. UCF the past couple of years. So I think he's legit at running back, but definitely if Todd Gurley does go out for a significant part of the year, I think a lot of people are going to be um, probably taking a step back uh, regarding Sean McVay as the next uh, big coach. I still think he's a really smart guy, uh, really uh, talented, but I think you saw the way that the Pats dismantled the Rams' offense in the Super Bowl without Gurley making much of an impact. I think this season could be pretty rough for their offense uh, if he doesn't play. So that's kind of the big thing I'm watching for this team. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so we'll move on to the 49ers now. And this is where uh, we we kind of split in our opinions. Nathan and I, like I said, have them finishing second. Eric and Connor have them finishing third. And while I do have them finishing second, I would say that their best-case scenario is finishing second and getting a wild card. I don't think they're going to be good enough to take over the Rams. And worst-case scenario, I mean, if Garoppolo gets hurt again or something, they, you know, in theory, if Arizona has, like, a surprise year and they could end up fourth in the division. But I don't expect that to happen. I think they're going to finish second and probably be a game short of that wild card spot. So they, like I said, I, I think this division is weak. I don't think they're, the 49ers will make the playoffs. They'll contend for the wild card, but I don't think they'll end up getting it. I am a fan of their draft, and I am a fan of the direction that this team is going in. If you look, Debo Samuel, I think he's as a slot receiver is going to be dynamic for him. They have arguably their running back room is probably the biggest committee out of all the teams. They don't have Seriously, one guy. Dude, but... <laughs> they yeah, they. I mean, Kevin Coleman. You know, he's a pass catching back. You've got McKinnon. You know the the ground and pound guy running up the middle. And then you've got Breida kind of like an elusive back too. Like, and they've all proven it. All those guys, they're not like rookies. You know, like they've all shown that they can not necessarily be the guy, but between the three of them, that's a stout committee. And they've got one of the best fullbacks in the game too. I don't really pay attention to the fullback position, but I know this guy's always making like all pro teams and stuff. I think they overpaid for him. <laughs> But oh, they yeah, have they, they definitely overpaid. <laughs> they overpaid for him, but you know, salaries don't matter when you're playing games. Like it's, he's on the field, he gives them a blocking advantage. And then he's I want to kind of too. Yeah, yeah. And then I want to Nathan and I were talking about this yesterday. George Kill, where would you rank him among tight ends coming up for the season? Personally, I would have him as the third best tight end behind Kelsey and Ertz, but I'm curious to see where you guys would put him on your tight end list. I have him second um, after Kelsey. I think Kelsey's uh, more proven. He's put up those crazy numbers for three or four years now, uh, so he definitely has the edge because of uh, his past production. Obviously, Gronk's gone. Um, Jimmy Graham's old, so the kind of the big tight ends from the last few years are gone. 
But I would definitely say Kelsey. Then I think Kittle's kind of in the same mold where he's got really good speed for a tight end. He can make a lot of plays. The big thing with Kittle, I think, is that he can make a lot of plays after the catch, which is where I give him the advantage over Ertz. Ertz kind of like your stereotypical like big-bodied uh, red zone threat. But I think Kittle is going to at least have a better statistical year this year. I think I think he's going to get more yards than Ertz and possibly more touchdowns, too. I think he's definitely the best weapon in this offense for him. But I do have Ertz as my third best. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I definitely can't really disagree with either case, like having him second or third. I mean, I'm in, I'm in the same boat that I would have Kelsey number one. Like uh, Nathan said, mm-hmm. he's been proven year in and year out. But Zach Ertz has had a pretty good, uh, not year, pretty good career also. And But George Kittle definitely came on the scene with his season last year. And I would, you know, kind of wish I could have had him on my team. But <laughs> I, had, uh, I, I did had not have him, him. But I let him go after he had a bad week too. And I... I cut him way too early, man. I, I a panic move, panic move. And then move. out of everybody too, he, uh-huh. my dad picked him up. That made it even worse. Oh <laughs> man, uh, that, that sucks. And, but, uh, yeah, I guess for me, yeah. I almost kind of just have Kittle and Ertz. Like I would almost say like tied. Like I'd have like Kelsey one, and then have like Ertz and Kittle as like a two way and a two B type of deal. I mean, you can't if you get either one of those guys on your fantasy football team, you can't go wrong. I mean, they're both studs. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of want to take a comparison of San Francisco and Seattle. So, so, uh, so that's like the tight ends and running backs looking at Seattle. I can already predict that San Francisco is going to have the edge there. Chris Carson was a nice running back for, for uh, Seattle, but they definitely don't have the you know the three-headed monster that they that San Francisco has. And then at tight end, Nick Vanette, he was good for me in uh, in Madden, <laughs> but I just don't know how well he'll be in real life. And Will Disley too, he he was kind of a surprise guy last year where you're like, who is this guy? Like. Nobody had heard about him. Nobody thought he was going to be a pass-catching tight end, but he ended up doing okay for him. But, I mean, running backs and tight end-wise, I think we all would pick San Francisco's. But for, sure. for uh, quarterback and wide receiver, that's a different question. That's that's a different story because, obviously, quarterback, you got to go with Russell Wilson over Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously. But the receiver room is looking different in Seattle. Looks like they've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as their two starting receivers. I feel like they had some other guy on. I mean, I know. Well, so they had retired. Doug Baldwin. Yeah, but yeah, he he, he's got like he has like six different injuries, so he he hung it up. Yeah, but mm-hmm. still, I guess Paul Richardson left in the off season, so I'm not really familiar. Yeah, with he went to Jeffrey. Washington, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the Redskins oh, yeah, yeah. signed him. He went to the Redskins. I'm not really familiar with Jaron Brown or David Moore. So and obviously Metcalf's a rookie. I mean, obviously, like you know, some people got go crazy about him, but 
him and Lockett's a nice receiver, but man, I feel bad for Russell Wilson because uh, the rest of their receivers, you know, are guys that I don't really have heard about. And then he doesn't really have a tight end like Garoppolo's got. So looking at this offense, I think their offensive lines are roughly similar. Seattle has always had offensive line issues. They Uh, really have, man. Ever since they traded for uh, Jimmy Graham and gave up Max Unger, they've had severe offensive line issues. San Francisco's, you know, not like an all-world offensive line, but Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle that they drafted two years ago, I think he's going to have a much better season. Uh, They've got the veteran Joe Staley at left tackle. Their guards and center, not too familiar with, but I still feel like they're going to be better than Seattle, considering Seattle has been bad, historically bad, the past couple seasons. Um, And then looking real quick at their wide receivers, they've got Jordan Matthews, Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel. Really, I, I disagree with this. I think Marquise Goodwin should be... Yeah, I, I was shocked when I saw that he was on the backup and on the depth yeah. chart. Like, I'm not yeah. sure. I, there, yeah, there's I nobody on that list of starters that makes me think, oh, man, I they're pieced. Like, maybe it's a typo. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I think he will end up the starter over Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews got cut from, like, yeah, what, two or three places last season. I think Goodwill will be the starter. Uh, and then Jalen Hurd there. Obviously, Eric, you, you remember him at Tennessee as a running back. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he didn't like being a running back, so he switched to, or he didn't sw- he transferred to uh, <laughs> to Baylor uh, to be a receiver. And I don't. Well, I don't think he's got the height to be a, like a great receiver. He's going to be like a weapon, is what I'd describe him because he had he was actually a really good running back, and I was surprised that he. You know, transferred to be a receiver and switched positions because he was uh, a pretty good running back for Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was getting more playing time at running back than Alvin Kamara. I mean, yeah, look how yeah, beast he's yeah. been in the mm-hmm. NFL, you know. Um, so I would, yeah, he's like a weapon for him, like a gadget guy sort of thing. Uh, but the offense, if I had to like compare the two, I'm going to give San Francisco the edge because I feel like Garoppolo, as a young quarterback, you need weapons. And I feel like he's got more weapons than Russell Wilson does. So Wilson's going to have to, again, do everything by himself, uh, which he, he can do that. But I just don't think, you know, in the long run for a whole season – it's going to, you know, I think San Francisco is going to end up having a better offensive season just because of all those other advantages that they've got offensively. What do you guys think, though? I, yeah, I agree I with sorry, that. I I, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, I do think that the Seahawks is kind of going to all be on Russell Wilson again, like, the, like it was last year. Um, that O-line is not at all what you want to have 
whether for the run or the pass, neither of those. I think Russell Wilson, if he wasn't so mobile, he'd be sacked a lot more. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. He definitely, he, his ability to run makes their stat totals look at least, or their, their uh, sack totals at least look respectable. But that O-line is really what concerns me. Is that, That's really what the whole offense runs through. Plus the receivers, I, just, I think, I think having Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as your top two receivers is kind of very one-dimensional to me. I know Lockett's a speed burner. I know he can do other other routes pretty well, but I know he's kind of best known for being a straight-line guy. And Metcalf, I don't know if you guys have seen the early videos of him at um, mini camp and training camp, but his I don't I don't like uh, his route running. I'm not a big fan of it. I think he's very slow coming out of his breaks, and in college, pretty much all he did was run down the field and body um, <laughs> smaller corners and do jump balls, yeah. and I just think he's not going to be able to get by on athleticism alone in the NFL, and so I, I think he's pretty overhyped at receiver. I think this offense is a lot worse than people are even giving them credit for. Yeah, I was gonna say the only the only reason really why I have Seattle over San Francisco it's definitely not because of like feeling like I think they have better weapons or anything, but it's just it's just because of how good Russell Wilson is. Like this pick for me was kind of similar to my pick in the NFC North where I picked the Packers over the Lions. Whereas you guys had the Lions okay, yeah. over the Packers because yeah. of the Aaron Rodgers thing, like like last year, Seattle was in the same position where, like, we're kind of talking about right now. Like, oh, it looks like they're not that good. It, you know, they they don't have a great team on paper and stuff like that. But they still, you know, finished ten and six and got a wild card spot. You know, and I think it's mainly just again because of how good Russell Wilson is. And as much as I don't like Pete Carroll, like I think he's proven he's a good coach to be able to help lead this team that doesn't necessarily have that much talent to the playoffs what seems like every year i see zach's gonna pull up a like uh gif of him like <laughs> yeah. chewing gum <laughs> yeah he likes to chew he likes to chew his gum. Fan, gum chewing <laughs> intensifies <laughs> so yeah it's intensifying there but yeah i but that's the reason why whereas with jimmy garoppolo i felt like even before his injury last year he wasn't really off to the greatest start for the season or anything, but he does have some better talent. He didn't have a lot of talent around him last year, and I still don't think he has great talent around him, but it is a little better than last year. So I'm interested to see how Jimmy G does this year. He's probably going to be one of my most like storied play- or most players that I, out of all the players in the NFL, like one I watched the most is that keeps distracting me with these gifts or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, did this yeah. to me last video. I always do this. I always do this. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, Jimmy G, you know, he had been a backup in new England behind Brady. And then he finally gets his moment to shine in San Francisco last year, but then he gets hurt, you know, it was like four or five games into the season. And so he still like, hasn't really had a chance. So, I'm curious to see if he's the real deal or not. And so hopefully he gets a chance to prove it this year, but because of his unproven nature, whereas we know how proven Russell Wilson is, that's the only reason why I can't pick the 49ers to finish over the Seahawks. But I know you guys have both had the 49ers. So 
I know we talked about the weapons already, but is there any other reason like why you guys think San Francisco will finish better than Seattle? Or do you think it's mainly just because of the offensive weapons? Or what do you guys think? Well, actually, I think it's more of like a whole team thing. Not even so much the offensive weapons, because defensively, I feel like they got a lot better bringing in D Ford, drafting Nick Bosa, bringing in Quan Alexander from Tampa. Uh, Richard Sherman should be healthier. Um, they've still got, you know, the safeties aren't very good. But when you look at their defense compared to Seattle's defense, I feel like their defense has just gotten better and Seattle's has gotten worse. Like, Bobby Wagner's the only remaining member from that Super Bowl defense that they had against Denver. And if, let me look down at the defense here. The problem with Seattle is they haven't had many first-round picks in the past couple of years, and it seems like their whole draft picks in general, they haven't had a lot of. So you can see here, LJ Collier, they did draft in the first round this year. But other than that, there's a lot of undrafted guys on this line, a lot of fifth-round picks, late-round picks on this line. And obviously... Uh, Nathan's a fan of the Griffin brothers here. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, the Griffin twins. Yeah, but, I mean, this defensive line doesn't scare me at all. Ziggy Ansah is like their, you know, their shining piece of jewelry on this defensive line, but he's not <laughs> even that great. Uh, he's only had he's kind of like a, he's he's kind of like a fool's gold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. And then their secondary is nothing like it used to be. They've still got KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner at linebackers, so they're they're good at linebackers, but whereas the 49ers, I feel like, have a much better pass rushing core with DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and D Ford. Like that's a if all those guys live I mean, look at the first round picks, they're just littered with first round picks on that defensive line. And mm-hmm. D Ford, you know, they gave up a lot to get him. He had a great year last year. If that defensive line lives up to the potential that it has, that's that's going to be a force. You know, going up against that Seattle offensive line, making Russell Wilson scramble. I mean, he can only do so much. You know, like I feel like, and then also last year, I feel like the team suffered really bad when Garoppolo got hurt, and I feel like once he got hurt. There was like no, ch- they they knew that they had no chance to like make the playoffs or anything because they had Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard at quarterback, and I feel like if Garoppolo is healthy, I mean, that's a question mark, but it's also a question mark for Wilson with that offensive line he's got. That's dangerous, you know, having a poor offensive line and a mobile quarterback, uh, but. I, I just I'm not a fan of the Seattle defense at all. I know last year it, it at least still had some pieces that it doesn't anymore, and eventually, you know, I, coaching wise, they they do have Pete Carroll, who's a pretty good coach, but he's going to have to really do a lot of work with this roster, and really, Russell Wilson is the only like shining, you know, All Pro. Guy on the and Bobby Wagner, him and Bobby Wagner are really, and I guess the Pro Bowler Jason Myers at kicker, <laughs> crazy how oh, yeah. how how that happens. Uh, but 
He's another guy I could rant about for a whole episode. Jaguars <laughs> <laughs> fan. This, this, but no, the Seattle roster. I, I'm just not a big fan of it. They've got some really, really good players, but as a team, I just like San Francisco's team better, and I like what they did compared to what Seattle did in the off season. So, health aside, I'm gonna pick uh, San Francisco. But like I said, they're still too young and unproven for me to like solidify them as a wild card spot, but they do have the advantage of playing in this week division, so you never know. But Nate, what do you think? Oh, I'm pretty much on the same page as you. Um I do really like also what San Francisco did with their defense off season. I think that was um going into the off season that was my biggest question about them as a team. And I think they've kind of answered that. They can definitely be competitive on, on both sides of the ball. And I just think uh, the bottom half of this division is just too weak talent-wise to compete. I think it's the the Rams and the 49ers are solidly at the top. And then Seahawks and the Cardinals are going to kind of be fighting it out for that, trying to get that third spot. Okay. So you even have... More of a separation than I do, though, because I have the 49ers and Seahawks kind of like battling it out, whereas I think the Cardinals yeah. are deadlocked in the cellar. I was, but. I was more conflicted about this until I really, the more I look at this Seattle offensive depth chart, the less I like it, really. Like, just that, that O line is, like I said, it's doesn't inspire any confidence that they're going to be able to get stuff done outside of the ball. And their receiving core without Doug Baldwin and Paul Richardson kind of um, it's kind of like stabilizing forces. I just think it's, uh, I think it's pretty one-dimensional and there's a lot of young, unproven guys as backups. So I, I just think it's kind of going to be like the Green Bay situation where okay. Russell Wilson is going to be... Uh, I think they're going to go as far as Russell Wilson can take them on their own with, on his own, which I don't think is going to be very far this year, unfortunately. Gotcha. Okay, so I mean, I was gonna say I, I wouldn't say. Uh, unfo- I mean, I wouldn't say unfortunately. I mean, as a uh, even though I'm picking them to get second place, I've never really been a huge Seahawks fan, especially after uh, yeah their game against the Jaguars where they were like stomping on our players and stuff at the end of the game. Like, so oh, that's right. So, so that. the, while I predicted oh, the yeah. Seahawks to get second, if they, if they go, Oh, and 16, I'm not going to cry about it. <laughs> I've, always, I've always liked the Seahawks, but I mean, after that Jags game, it was really hard to root for them. Uh, but I've, I've been cool with the Seahawks. Like I, they're one of my, I put them in like my top five teams, but, yeah, I, I just root for them basically just because of the Griffin twins. Honestly, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have any interest. <laughs> okay. I'd like them to basically just do good just for them. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, so we, we're not going to talk all about our you know teams that we root for and everything, but um, yeah. <laughs> but no, that, that's interesting though. I I didn't know Eric had such a dis, distaste for the Seahawks, but. I mean, I didn't used to. I mean, and I and I do like Russell Wilson. I think he's a cool dude. But and they they don't have some of the players now that were like on that team when that happened because like they don't have um, uh, 
Michael Bennett, he was the worst one. Like yeah. they, he was the oh, one yeah. that annoyed me the most. So the fact that you know they don't have some of those guys anymore that annoyed me back then. So I, I don't dislike them as much now, I guess, as I used to. But man, like after the way they acted in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, even though I was rooting for them in that game, and then when they played our Jaguars and pulled all that stuff they did, I, I was like, no. <laughs> Although they may they may take a step down again too because they have Jason Myers now, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, I'll let Zach move on here. Yeah, yeah. So you know, this is the Connor's current event section here that we're going to talk about. We've got some stories and some some results to kind of share. This one's a story here, crazy story. I read this earlier, actually from Eric tweeting about it on his Twitter page, Clutch Crew Sport. Uh, apparently, so Adrian P- Peterson, his career earnings have are around a hundred million dollars, and every logical person would think, oh, okay, he's set for life. You know, his family will be set, and he's he's not going to need to worry about money. Wrong. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> he's in debt now, and he's deep in debt. They're saying he's sued for. Failing to repay a $5.2 million loan. Apparently this happened. I think he would, he made some bad investments. And unfortunately you hear about this with a lot of different players that trust the wrong people and make some wrong investments and lose all their money. I know it happened to, I think Mark Brunel kind of, uh, he had some issues with that too. And I mean, it's sad because, you know, Adrian Peterson, is one of my favorite running backs of this generation. I think I've always respected his his game, and uh, I've I've drafted him plenty of years in fantasy football. Or if I don't draft him, I pick him up when nobody wants him. And he he always has a, you know, every year I pick him, it seems like he has a good year. And then the years that I don't get him, he has like his bad years. But uh, this is you know pretty shocking to hear about how this guy's uh you know he needs the money that he's making he actually needs to pay off debt with his contract that he's getting from the redskins to uh but you know there's a way you can think about it like man he's gonna be motivated to hit all those incentives that he's got in this contract like he you would think normally like if he has a hundred million dollars like oh i i don't really care about getting like 200 grand for you know getting x amount of like big plays but now he he's really going to need to to make up as much money as he can and hopefully he can get uh back on his feet and and stuff but so yeah, and then all that report there he owes a bunch of money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not if you're not watching this on youtube it said on there that he owes like 6.6 million dollars yeah. It was like another thing where he owes another 600k to something else and a combined 3 million to two other creditors. I mean, <laughs> that's just Not crazy. Good. Like how do you get in that much debt? Like yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. And it like Zach said it just it seems like this happens a lot, which is really sad. So um yeah, so moving on here, um I'll talk about the next current event. So I'm going to talk about paraclimbing, which this will obviously be the first time we've talked about anything like this. And, 
you might be thinking paraclimbing. Why are you talking about that? Well, <laughs> I actually uh, know this girl that's on the screen here on the for the YouTube viewers, Brittany Davis. So her and her husband Aaron are two cool people that I knew when I lived in Jacksonville, and they're both really passionate about rock climbing. And as you can see on the article there, so it was March 29, 2017, so a little over two years ago, Brittany actually fell 40 feet when she was climbing. And as you can see on the screen there, left uh, with several severe injuries. I mean, it's really just amazing that she even survived this and had partial paralysis from the waist down. And But since then, I know she, I'm sure she had to go through several surgeries and uh but she's made a full recovery and is climbing again and so she actually entered this uh world paraclimbing competition and made it to the finals and finished sixth in her category out of 16 finalists in her category and i look i remember for some reason, I couldn't find the website again, but I remember at one point after the competition was over, I looked through some of the other categories trying to find hers, and most of the categories only had like five or six finalists in them. They Most of the categories didn't have that many people in it, but so for hers, she obviously had to go through a ton of competition just to get to that finals, and then out of the 16 in the finals to get six is pretty good, and it was her first time in this competition, so... I just wanted to talk about this because I just thought that this was a really cool story and um, I followed her recovery through Facebook since I'm friends with her and her husband Aaron. So I've seen her recovery process and watching her get back into the competitions and uh, this article on here about her is pretty cool. If you want to check it out, it's on rockandice.com. So you can search for her on there. But like I said, obviously paraclimbing is something you people wouldn't have expected us to talk about. But since I know her, I wanted to bring it up. I just yeah. I just think she has a really cool story. So uh, shout out to you, Brittany, and her husband, Aaron. I went to a lot of his shows. He was a bass player in a hardcore band I really liked. And uh, so they're, they're just cool people and... Yeah, they deserve to have the spotlight on them for a little bit. So I wanted to oh, mention yeah. that in the current event. So Zach is the creator of Clutch Crew Sports. I appreciate you uh, giving oh, me yeah. the airtime to no cover problem, this. No yeah, that's you know kind of different from our last story with Adrian Peterson. Like this is like an inspiring, you know, positive story. How she was able to recover and compete in this event and place really high. You know. It's a lot more, you know, a lot. It's more of like a good, Nathan, you'll remember, like, the good news thing in the oh, uh, yeah. hospital gym. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we would always have to share, like, good news with our groups. And then and then out of those groups, like, three groups got picked from the whole gym to share, like, good news. So this is, like, this reminds me of something like that. Like, there's something... You know, there's so much, like, negative news out there and everything. You know, I was totally unaware of this, but just hearing about it, you know, it's a cool thing to to hear about. Because there's, 
there's a lot of other bad stuff that happened. So cool, cool that we got a yeah. good, uh, inspiring story here from Eric. And I'll let, yeah. him, let him talk about a little bit of a negative thing that he uh-huh. had. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the sad so we went from We went from a negative to a positive, and then now for me, this is a negative. So for those of you that have been following, if you've listened to a lot of the episodes, you know I've been doing several DraftKings. We did a lot with the NBA Finals, and then I've covered some NASCAR ones that I've done since then. And I had won every single time since we started doing the podcast, but sadly my winning streak came to an end here. So I did another four-man competition where you have to finish first or second to win, and sadly I got third place. I got to watch a little bit of this race before I went to work, and I was doing really well because I had Kyle Busch on my team. As you can see, on this, if you're looking at the screen on YouTube, he got me 94 points, which was awesome. That's really good. It was some of my other drivers that let me know, even though I don't like him as a driver, but he got me a lot of points. But he was leading most of the laps early in the race, and I was the only person that picked him. So I thought for sure like I was running away with it. And then I go to work later, and after my shift, I checked the results, and I came in third. And you know, I looked around, and I was like, well, what happened? And I don't have the other team's lineups on the screen, but... Denny Hamlin had started farther back in the race and he ended up leading several laps. And then I think Kevin Harvick was the eventual winner of the race. He ended up coming back and leading a lot of laps as well. And so they ended up finishing with a lot more points and I didn't have either of them. My ultimate letdown driver was Brett Kozlowski. I picked him because you, if you're on, again, if you're on YouTube, you can see there's a little green square with a one in it by his picture, which meant that he started in first place. So, oh, Zach, thank you for the zoom, zoom in. in there. Zoomage. <laughs> so most of the time when people start on the pole, that means they're probably going to lead a lot of laps and get you a lot of points. But he only led like 10 or 11 out of the 300 laps, which was not very many points. And he also finished in 10th, which was nine places behind where he started. So he lost nine points for that too. So, him only getting 36 where most of the other big name drivers that could, that I had to pick from got like in the seventies, eighties or nineties. So he was my biggest yeah. letdown, but you know, as they say, you can't win them all. So I no, it was only five bucks. So <laughs> okay. it was, but it was crazy, man, because I had won so many times in a row. I almost went for a more expensive oh, wow. competition. I was like, <laughs> man, you know, I've been doing really good. I'm on a roll. Like maybe I should step it up. But then I was looking through the lineup and I didn't, I didn't get a full lineup that I felt like was a, as Zach always likes to say, a double lock, you know, I didn't, but I felt like I felt fairly good with this lineup. It wasn't like I had no confidence in it, but especially when I saw I was the only one that had Kyle Busch, I thought for sure I was easily going to place top two, but not this time. You know, I, I, I just wanted to share this because I wanted to let you guys know that I am human. I'm not, yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to win them all. (laughs) So this was my first failure in NASCAR in quite some time, but obviously, hopefully the next time I do one, I'll have better results. And I'm sure uh, at least Zach and Connor and I, Nathan, I don't know if you do DraftKings or anything, but I'm sure I we'll do all not. be, do, you do not, but I'm <laughs> no. sure we'll all be doing some, um, you know, DFS lineups when football yeah, starts yeah. and, you know, yeah. we'll share our lineups with you guys. So we're having, sadly, we're just having to do NASCAR for now, but <laughs> that's all, that's the only thing going yeah. on. So the uh, 
you know, we don't talk a whole lot about golf either, but the British Open, you know, shout out to our UK listener. I think they, I, I have a, I have a hunch that they clicked on the video because we put Wimbledon in the title. So <laughs> I'll put British <laughs> Open in this title. I'll see if that happens again. But, uh, no, golf is one of those sports that, like, I've never really followed i've never really played never really followed it but uh and everybody always you know the crazy thing is this guy shane lowry he won the event by six strokes but of course nobody cares about that everybody wants to know where tiger woods placed and he actually what was it nathan he qualified he didn't even make the cut he missed the cut yeah 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 here's the cut right here um, <laughs> way down but, there somewhere. Okay, yeah. And Roy McIlroy didn't make it either, and he was a big yeah. name. That oh, there he is. Obvi- oh, there he is. Six yeah. over par for <laughs> Tiger. Yeah, yeah, which is but not very good. But that's the thing about golf, though, nobody really cares about who won. They just care about where Tiger finished, which is totally different than other sports. Like you know, nobody really cares about you know, not even qualifying for an event. You know, if you if you miss the playoffs, like nobody's gonna be talking about your team in the NBA, right. NFL, but golf. <laughs> if you don't make the cut and you're Tiger Woods, you'll still get, you know, talked about. Which is there's, there's so <laughs> many casual fans it's of just golf, like, which I'm not a huge golf person either. I've I follow very casually, but when Tiger is good, there's definitely a different vibe of everyone kind of tunes into the ter- the uh, tournament to try and see him win. Yeah, I I don't have a favorite golfer. Yeah, I guess the good the good thing about golf though is like unlike the like Formula One when Connor talks about that with golf it like if you're a fan of a sport where like at any given time like any person could win like you know golf might be like a sport for you and I do like that in certain circumstances but. Just for me personally, I don't, I don't usually enjoy watching golf. Although, unlike Zach and Nathan, I have played golf a lot. Like I do enjoy like getting out on the course and playing. I I think it's fun to play, but sitting down and watching it, I just I have a hard time. Maybe if it's like a major like this one, and it's the last day, and it's really yeah. close between two or three people, then. Sure. I might sit down and be like, okay, let's see who wins this. This is kind of interesting. But otherwise, but like in this case, you know, this guy won by six shots. I mean, it was obviously way <laughs> over before the 18th hole. So, uh, you know, for me, it's harder to watch it. But, you know, if you like golf, you know, shout out to you. Like like I said, I like playing it. It's, it's fun to play. So... I, and I know for me say... and Zach, our grandpa, oh, our yeah. grandpa Conger, he loves golf. Like, he... If he listens to this, you might be disappointed in hearing me say that I don't like watching it. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Grandpa, I'm so sorry. I still love you, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I guess that's all I really have to say about it. But if you know, if you do like golf and you're listening to this and you want to you know hear more about it in the future, I would you know at least I will try to maybe cover it and be able to provide a little more information than what we just did. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I saw let Zach say, go on with the next. Or go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I forgot to say. Uh, I actually am a fan of Wii Sports Golf. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> you know, oh maybe maybe God, that can be. You know, I'm thinking maybe that can be like a meme now, just like a picture of me and saying like, I'm like your Wii character, sports. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your me, your me guy, or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, golf, we, golf is, we golf is fun and all, but we bowling was where it was at. So, oh, oh like, for sure. Yeah, thank you, Nathan. No, I, I, I'm, put, I'm putting moments. golf at a point, dude. Mm. <laughs> golf is so much more dynamic. Like bowling. Never, is like okay, we're golf. gonna we're gonna make a we may have to make a poll on Twitter about okay. this, which is better: <laughs> we bowling or we golf? Nathan, go vote for bowling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bowl is the same thing over and over again. And plus, I I mean, I don't want to like start debating this right now, but like, <laughs> but now I you know what I am? I am gonna say. Okay, so personally, like, I like, you know, like I said, I don't play real golf, but when I bowl, like, I bowl to have fun. Like, Wii Sports Bowling is just not as fun to me because I prefer, like, the real bowling, but, like, I don't really care about real golf. In golf, there's so many, in Wii Sports Golf, like, you know, the holes are different and everything. It's not just, like, the same thing going back and forth. Like, you know, there's actually, like, strategy and stuff to it where it's, like, Bowling, you just flick the wrist, and every time, like you know, like I, I, I'm a Wii Sports golf guy. I, I'm going to be interested to see what Connor says, but I'll let you guys defend your bowling. Uh, <laughs> mainly, I just like bowling more because I could never figure out the golf one. You know, I could maybe do the first couple holes yeah. on par, but every time I, I just can never get the swing right. I always get the uh, curvy little red bar uh, you know on the indicator the uh the slice oh, so you slice it so <laughs> i definitely get i definitely slice a lot and i usually get too frustrated um by you know halfway through and i stop playing <laughs> that's why i'm I'm kind of bowling okay, by default okay. i guess i guess for me it was just like me and my friends used to get together and we would have these like hardcore like bowling competitions i mean we would do like a full like party of four or whatever and like just the whole like back and forth taking turns which i know you could you can do that with golf too obviously but with bowling i just i felt like me and my friends were like more intense into the bowling than we were the golf game so i don't know i just i gotta give it to bowling because of that but okay is that you made a good argument for you know we golf sack it's like you know we at clutch crew sports can be even when we have disagreements you know, we can be professional in our opinions. You know, we're not like a lot of like the national media hotheads that <laughs> if, you know, like if we were like that, I, you know, if I was one of those guys, I'd be like, Zach, you pick, we golf over bowling. You're an idiot. Do you even like the blast. You know how to live your life? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, we're not like that here. You know, we, we can get along even when we disagree. We're just, we're cool like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely interesting. Uh, I didn't even we didn't anticipate talking about this <laughs> at all, but it's an interesting one. So it's again uh, too, like how we can you know we can have a plan, you know, an organized plan yeah. and everything, but still be impromptu on the fly at the same time, yeah. which is another I think pro about us. So yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and, and I'll let Zach transition to our final current event here. Yeah, now you're starting to give a review of the podcast, man. Don't do what I did. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh man, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm gonna review. I'm gonna rate this a nine out, of, a ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> We're just that okay, good. Okay. Ten. <laughs> right, I gotta. I gotta get going here, guys. Okay. We're getting yeah, to an yeah. hour thirty. Um. So the the last story of the day that we're gonna talk about is NBA related, and I saw this story earlier. If anybody's unaware. 
Kawhi Leonard is kind of like, you know, he's he's a quiet guy. He doesn't really, you know, his inner circle is like his trusted like family members and stuff. He doesn't like he doesn't have any leaks coming out. The whole Clippers thing was a complete secret. Nobody knew about it. And the main his sort of main go-to guy is his uncle Dennis. I'm not even sure what his last name is, but everybody just refers to him as Uncle Dennis. And uh, he's like his representative. And apparently, I'll talk about the Uncle Dennis one first, but apparently when he was, you know, in free agency debating amongst going to the Lakers, Clippers, or Raptors, uh, Dennis Robertson here, known as Uncle Dennis, (laughs) he was asking for houses which I can kind of understand that, but then planes, like, <laughs> I mean, does he, what? like, why does he need his own plane? Like, why can't he just, like, fly on the, you know, like, I can maybe see him asking, like, to ride on the team plane, but is have his own plane, and then this guaranteed sponsorship money, like, like, I didn't know Uncle Dennis was going to be sponsored, like, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. he, he doesn't play basketball, but, um, it's just interesting because apparently he's not like a full-fledged agent or something. And obviously he's Kawhi's uncle. So his only client is Kawhi and that's his only concern. And so he's able to get away with some of this stuff. Whereas like other agents would be fired immediately if they had like, you're like asking for houses and stuff. But that really, I think the commissioner is like investigating this stuff because I think some of this stuff has gone even over the edge for his status. Like, you know, the, the things players don't generally ask for. Like, this Kawhi is a weird guy, but man, his uncle, I think, is just as weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have another, uh, what's his name? The uh Lonzo Ball's dad. Oh yeah. yeah LeVar yeah. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> I have another situation like that. Yeah. I I'm not gonna put him on that level, but God man, asking for <laughs> like that's that's crazy. Like what you know I, but everybody wanted Kawhi, so it wouldn't shock me if like the team was gonna be like a, a rich man like uh Steve Ballmer, the you know the Clippers owner has the most money out of any other owner, so you know, to get Kawhi, I'm sure he'd be like, "All right, let me let me get you a plane, Dennis." <laughs> <laughs> there you go, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is just ridiculous stuff. Uh, but then the other issue here is about the whole thing about uh, tampering and stuff. And Kevin Durant, 30 minutes before free agency opened, had already said that he was signing with the Brooklyn Nets, where legally he couldn't meet with the Nets and let alone sign with them. <laughs> so obviously these are rules that are rules, but nobody really abides by kind of like, kind of like speeding laws where people speed and then every now and then you'll get caught. And then there'll be like a little slap on the wrist of a punishment with certain players and stuff. But for the most part, it goes unenforced, and that's kind of what this tampering rule is. And, uh, let me find the Adam Silver thing. It's interesting that Silver's acknowledging that. Um, well, he said he didn't think tampering has gotten worse, which I disagree with. Yeah, oh, I, we, yeah, we were talking about that before we went there. Like, I don't see how. Yeah, how and, you could say that. 
Yeah, so, but at least he's acknowledging that, like, they're, they might need to change something because, like he said here, it's pointless to have rules that we can't enforce. And, I, I mean, I just don't know what they're going to do. Like, what are they going to do? Like, enforce it and, like, enforce, like, a death penalty or something where, like, if a team... Like, this happened, I think, in the David Stern era where there was, like, a tampering thing with, I want to say the Pistons or some... I'm, it might be a different team, but they signed a guy before the free agency thing, and then they ended up getting, like, draft picks taken from them. They they were forced to, to void the contract, and they had to, like, lose a bunch of other rights and stuff. They, they were really set back. Maybe it was the Timberwolves, I think. Uh, but, like, if you want to go back to that, like, yeah, that might be too strict, but at least people will pay it, you know, will respect it. Or just get rid of it completely and just, you know, just have no tampering thing. But because it's so hard to, you know, catch it, you know, these players have to, you know, you can have private conversations with another player and another team. And how is the league going to know about that? You know, like, yeah, go ahead. I forgot yeah. to cut you off, but that's why I think it's the the hard part with this league is it's not even necessarily tampering between the players and the front offices. It's it's such a players league that these superstars are kind of having their own conversations. You know, whether it's they're in the same city for like All Star Weekend or mm-hmm. in the off season, they're kind of setting up moves on their own. And then when it's time to you know put it in action, they'll you know, demand a trade or get out of their contract. And, you know, so it's kind of, I think it's definitely something that's really hard for the league to enforce because there's not really, you know, any real way they can catch this because it's all private conversations. You know, you can't tap into um, Kevin Durant's, you know, phone records. It's not legal. So they're kind of in a yeah, tough Yeah, I, I, I just, as much as I would like for them to be able to, to enforce something like this because it would be nice if they actually weren't allowed to have contact until like the actual date it's supposed to start because that would make it more interesting as a viewer of free agency i just don't see how they can enforce it like you guys said it just it just doesn't seem possible yeah so with that being said guys we we covered everything we wanted to cover added some extra content about we bowling versus we uh, golf, <laughs> but Got a debate um, going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that was yeah, shoot. Now I'm, I'm going to say that was fun. Start reviewing this. I always have the problem with that. But <laughs> all right, thank you guys for for listening, uh, watching. However you stream this podcast, whether it be iTunes, Anchor, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, but. Like I said, thank you to everybody. We've got the NFC South for sure coming up next week. I know I said last week it was going to be this episode, but since Connor's on vacation right now and he's really excited to talk about the Panthers, we wanted to wait for the NFC South for him to be on. Uh, not sure if Nathan will be on. Not sure if Eric will be on. Like you know, we these things are just rant. Like once we find a day that can work, like we'll put everybody on but i'll definitely be on but and connor will be on so we'll see how it goes but that's just kind of like a preview for the next episode 
And if you have any questions like NFC South related, we're going to put the tweets up earlier this time. But thank you to Nathan. Thank you to Eric for being in this here with yeah, me. Man. For sure. I think this is episode 14. So we're, we're, we're getting up there to, you know, we're <laughs> coming up to episode 20, believe it or not. It's crazy that we're already, you know, 14 episodes into this thing. But like I said, if you've been here since day one, you're elite. If you've been here since, you know, yesterday, you're elite. Any, any interaction is appreciated and we will definitely interact back with you guys. So, With that being said, guys, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day, and take care. Peace. See you guys.